0: Whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships, I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan.
1: Hi everyone! Today we are here with the one and only Serena. Hey, guys. SFK. SFK, <laughs> <is> my babe. <laughs> so, Serena, why don't you intro yourself, and then maybe also intro SFK.
2: It's it's like they're split personalities. It sounds like
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't we all sp- have right? multiple personalities. Right. It's like
2: Beyonce, Sasha, fierce, <laughs> like Lady Gaga, and Stephanie. I think is her real name. Yeah. Right? We all have that kind of persona. Um, but who I really am, I'm Serena, 25. I grew up in New York City. I'm an associate producer and on-camera host at Refinery29. I have a YouTube series coming out in a couple weeks. It's my first big series. It's called Ask Serena, where I help deserving individuals become more confident in certain aspects of their lives, which is basically my entire brand. And when I was in college, I developed this persona called SFK because I was super insecure. And I feel like I needed this kind of armor or something where I could tap into this person who had confidence, who was familiar to me, but wasn't really me. So I'd come into room and be like, I'm Serena, fucking care again. Like, I'm a bad bitch. Everyone was like, whoa, like you need to chill. But at the same time, they loved it and respected that I was so extra and didn't care what people thought. Eventually... I became SFK and SFK became Serena. And now I'm just a really confident person. While I just did introduce myself with my middle name, fucking. Generally, like I don't say, (laughs) hey, I'm Serena fucking Kerrigan. I just say I'm Serena because I've reached a level of self-love and confidence where I don't really need that as a crutch anymore. But it is a brand nonetheless.
1: Wait, so I actually haven't heard that much about your new show. I kind of want to ask a few questions about that. So how did you choose the people that are on it?
2: So I put out a casting call on my Instagram, uh, on my stories. and The best way to get people. It's insane. It like revolutionized the way I did video content. And I put it out and it just got shared. And I literally opened my email and I had 400 submissions all around the United States. I had mothers. I had 12-year-olds. I had like just people in like Idaho and like – India. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, I need to like narrow this down to people in New York, narrow it down to people that are like, you know, between 18 and 24 in the beginning, at least for the first episode. And the funniest part is that I ended up picking someone who didn't apply for the casting call. It was someone who grew up in New York City, who I'd met maybe once when I was in eighth grade, and who messaged me on Facebook last year being like, hey, I love everything you're doing. I would love to pick your brain for coffee. Like, I have been having issues with my confidence, my self-esteem, and I feel like a con- conversing with you would be great for me. I was like, absolutely, anytime. She never followed up. And then when I did this casting call, I was like, oh, my God, I wonder if she would not only want coffee, but, like, also to really, like, go on a real experience with me and like really challenge her to like step outside her comfort zone. It just so happened that she had recently gotten laid off from her job, first job out of college, and she was unemployed and in a really bad place. And she said to me in an email, she said, because I emailed her being like, if you're still interested in this, like, I don't mean to, you know, maybe you're like SFK now, like maybe you're totally great. Like, I don't know. But I was like, if you're interested, I am doing this series. And she was like, actually, I did see her casting call and I was too embarrassed to reach out. And so I was like okay well you got to do it. And I convinced her because I was like sharing your story is going to help other girls, you know, feel okay about coming out and being like I'm not in a good place right now, I need help and I want to get to that place. And guys, I can't wait for you to see the episode. She really went through a transformation. Like she really During the episode. Yeah. Like wow. dur- like she really at the I mean there were tears, there was laughter. We really pushed her into the deep end. But no, but she trusted me because I was like, I'm the whole point of this is to make you feel good about yourself. I'm never going to embarrass you on camera. I'm never going to make you feel like, like the whole, I'm not going to make you go talk to strangers on the street, you know? But I'm like, the whole point of this is that, like, I want you to feel confident. So everything I'm going to do in the next two days is going to be to service you. And when I said that, I think she was able to be like, okay, this is crazy, but I'm going to do it. And she was amazing. And she, at the end of it, she really like came through. I mean, obviously confidence as, and I'm sure you know this, like, and you as well, like, it's not something you just like, it happens in one day. But I think that it was like, she saw this part of herself that was confident and was like, oh, wow, I can tap into that. You know, maybe when I'm not, you know, in front of a camera with Serena or have my hair and makeup done, but like when I'm alone, like I was able to access this part of myself. So that means I can eventually become that person. Yeah. It was great. I can't wait wait for you to so see now
0: it. do you think do you think there's like a thread do you think there's something that you know if you had people from all ages walks of life different geo areas whatever is there a thread is there something that people are feeling like something that's bringing out that lack of confidence that's making people feel a little bit insecure about themselves like, do you think there's a thread in there? Absolutely. I mean, all of the people that reached out were women.
2: And I think that, you know, I think about my own journey with confidence Vincent, like when, what was the moment that I started to be insecure? And I think a lot of it is, you know, representation, like the movies, you know, and actresses and singers that I was looking up to all had one type of body. A lot of what I felt growing up was this pressure about my appearance. And I think that really does take a toll on you. I mean, I think there's this great article in the New York Times and it said like, well, at least when I was in middle school, I feel like all of the girls in my like in the class were the ones raising their hand, did their homework. It was the guys that were kind of like in the corner, like, you know, being like, whatever, like, F school, like, right? Like, the yeah. girls were the one who were like, mm, You can say like, fuck
0: on our Okay, yeah, podcast. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck?
2: That's like, okay. Yeah, was, you're Serena fucking care. I'm going to say fuck, okay? Yeah. Um, but it was the guys were, like, jerking off in the back. No, I don't mean actually jerking But, like, you know, like, what is the word? <laughs> maybe. Like, maybe jerking off. <laughs> it was like, they were slacking off. That's yeah. Okay. yeah. Slacking, (laughs) one of the same. Um, And the girls are like super buttoned up, like raising their hands. I just remember they were like the teacher's pet. So then why is it that when, you know, after college and we're all in positions in the workforce that 95% of the top jobs are run by men? What happens there? Because it's not competence. Like we are obviously competent. We're, you know, we're equal there. But I really think what happens is we, you know, we begin to question ourselves and begin we lose our confidence. We don't lean in. We don't ask for things the way that like guys walk into a room. And they're like, "Cool, like, give me this job." And I saw that a lot with you know the protagonist of my first episode. She, I said to her, I was like, "Well, what's going on in these interviews that you're not getting the job?" Because she had edited a book already. She was in, working in publishing. She had a lot of experience. She was smart. She went to a program at Columbia. Like this wasn't someone who was just like slacking off, right? Mm-hmm. She was
0: or jerking off or
2: jerking. off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I was like, what's happening here? And she was like, well, I'm afraid that if I say, like, I'm a good writer or I'm, you know, really organized or something that they're going to say I'm not. And I was just like, who gives a fuck? Who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, at any point, someone can come up to me like – you're not that good of a producer. Like your brand is shit. Like of course, you know. Like of course, people can say. It, but I'm like, okay, go fuck yourself. You know what I yeah. mean? Why you shouldn't let me say fuck? Cause that's <laughs> <That's> body, <laughs> not left and right. No, but I'll reel it in. But I mean, it's just it's interesting. She was so afraid of like what their reaction would be, what they would think of her if she made a statement. And I think a lot of the times when you ask about the thread that happens with women, I think that. I've been in a situation where I wanted to ask for a raise, and I get to the meeting and I'm like, Well, I think I did well this year. It's like, No, like, say, it. I did well. I delivered. I like overperformed. Like, why can't, what is that thing with us? I think it's because, I mean, I'm not a scientist or a biologist, but I think that we're nurturers and we care for others. We have a high emotional capacity. And so we don't like to ruffle feathers, maybe. I don't know. It's really, it's really interesting. But what, you know, this series showed me with the casting call was like, Okay, this is obviously I'm like speaking to this was a good idea for a show,
1: you know. And I also think that like, maybe it was primarily or all women that applied for the casting because at the end of the day, you know, not only are men more confident, but I think that men are more insecure to say they're not they have to be. And so it's seen as weak for a man to say, you know, I'm not confident. I need to work on my confidence. I think that's, it's easier for a woman to have that issue. Mm-hmm.
0: It's because they're expected, more in t- and they're more in touch with their emotional emotions. side of things. So they're like, how am I feeling? What am I feeling? Whereas a dude might be like, Oh, I'm, I'm good. You right. Know. They're proving their masculinity all the time. So being like,
2: I'm insecure, saying that out loud would be such a weakness for them. And then they're less of a man where we
0: are like, we're more upfront with how we feel. I think that's a really interesting point. And do you think, this is so interesting to me, this whole subject, because I think like it, for me, like making clothes is the whole point is to make people feel confident right. and feel good about themselves and be happy and the way they look, no matter what your body type is, no matter what is happening in your life, you know, you should feel this one, you know, clothes should make you feel good. And that's my MO in my job is to to do that for people. So it's just an interesting subject to think, you know, what are – those confidence boosters? And what can we do to sort of spread that word and spread the love and make people feel better well, about themselves, you know?
1: Also, I think like one one thing that you always taught me growing up, and I think you are an example of this, and I don't know like if you wanna talk about this a little bit, but
2: I'm scared you right always <laughs>
1: say, you always told me you have to fake it until you make it. And I think that if you're in that meeting and you're talking to someone and you're saying, I deserve this, and you know, maybe you really do deserve it, but at the same time, like even if you're on the fence,
0: say you do. Mm-hmm. Because yes. that's Amen. the only way you're gonna be your own best PR. Yeah, that's 100%. The whole, you have to sell yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's important to be truthful and be authentic, but I think you are your own best PR. And if you're talking about things that you're doing or things that are happening in your life that you have a really optimistic view on. I think it does sort of help manifest itself in reality just by saying, I'm excited about this. This is going to be so great. It does sort of help to
1: bring that stuff to fruition,
2: yeah, 100.
1: Yeah. It's like I mean, a that's self-fulfilling what SFK was, prophecy.
2: Right? S.F.K. Yeah. was this like larger-than-life person who didn't care what people thought, whereas I was very insecure at that time when I was like projecting this. That is the epitome of "fake until you make it," like being like projecting this. And it's so interesting what you say about the clothes because part of the thing that happens in this series, and I don't want to give it too much away because I want you all to watch we it. We want it. Yeah. all the August 23rd, <laughs> but a major thing was I said I came. I came to her apartment when I met her. And I said, show me your closet. Show me what you wear to an interview. And she didn't have – and I said, where's your power suit? Where's your power outfit? She's like, I don't – nothing makes me feel – I said, what makes you feel powerful? Yeah. She has it doesn't nothing. doesn't have
0: to be a, you it know. It to be a suit. but I A said, polyester what- suit with big shoulders. Well, <laughs> <laughs> mine might be.
2: No, but I said, I said – Actually, that
0: sounds kind of right.
2: <laughs> it sounds great. But I said, show me something that makes you feel powerful. And she was like, honestly, nothing makes me feel powerful. And she showed me what she had in her closet. And I said, okay, I'm going to change that. And I got her this – dope suit and she wore it to her interview the other day which was great she sent me a little selfie video but i could already tell that like it's good to have that piece of armor yeah. on right yeah. that you just like you go to it every yeah. time and you're like like yeah. I feel really good about yeah myself.
0: your go-to so 100 closer just like, works for dates works for job interviews works oh, yes. for, for you know podcasts yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait i have an idea maybe you should change the f to fake it till you make it
2: Serena, fake it till you make it, <laughs> Kerrigan. I don't know if I could even <laughs> put that on a tweet. A tweet. Yeah, it's so long. No, that's. Good. But uh, yeah. you don't you understand. My grandma and my mom have been. They're always giving me different f words. They're like, "What about Serena Fun Kerrigan?" Just like, no, it's fucking. It's <laughs> <laughs> staying fresh. <like> that. Fresh.
1: <laughs> Wait, I want to talk about mom and grandma a little bit, cause I know from your Instagram stories, I always see them and it makes me so happy to see that you guys have such a close relationship. And you know, this podcast was started because my mom and I have such a strong and a little bit unconventional relationship. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the value that comes from having relationships with older women in your life
2: absolutely well i'll preface it with that i'm an only child so i was around adults my whole life and i think that and I, my parents are also divorced and i got divorced when i was very young so it was really just like me and my mom or me and my dad and so that's how i really developed that such a strong relationship with my mom and my dad i just my dad doesn't get as much love on instagram because he doesn't like being in front of the camera <laughs> but i'm also really close <laughs> with them. but that being said i think you know my mom she is fiercely passionate about her work. And she's never really been in another relationship. Sorry, mom, like totally airing out your laundry. But (laughs) no. But she really taught me like the only person that you need to be happy in life is yourself. Like literally, like that is it. Like you do not need a man. You do not need material things. Like really it's you. What makes you happy? And she's so passionate about her work. And it was such a great model figure for me to grow up and realize that like... I could be like her. And in terms of my grandma, I mean she's a star. Like she's straight out of Mad Men. Like she's like was like <laughs> the most like polite. Like I don't she's like regal, like the way she is. I don't even know where she came from. <laughs> like I'm like, who are you?
0: Um That's what's so interesting though, that when you can see like how your grandma brought up your mom and then your mom brought up you, I think like you really can see like, wow, I, I really have this I'm lucky to have this dynasty of strong women in my family.
2: A hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, my grandma is actually, even funny, my grandma is actually my dad's mom, but they are so similar, my mom and my grandma, in that they're just, like, fiercely independent, strong, zony to man. Like, but I, they're not even related. I'm like, what? But my, my grandma's from Canada. My mom is from Argentina. Like, they both have different accents. Like, it's crazy. But, like, it's so true that, like, they – it's that similar, like, s- strong presence that they both have in my life. And I just think it's so important for you to have a great relationship with your parents and to really cultivate that, especially when you kind of – become an adult? Like I, you say that you guys have an unconventional re- relationship, but I'm guessing it's because you're kind of friends too. Well,
1: you know, we, we started ageless because we're friends. I mean, for the first few years of my life, it was just the two of us. And then My mom got remarried, had my little sister, whatever. But not exactly
0: in that order. But yeah, yeah.
1: Had my little (laughs) sister, got married, whatever. (laughs) Say, but I think that in those first few years, we, you know, created this relationship where we were pretty much equals, and that's how I was raised. And I think also that. It's unconventional because my mom often plays the role of the kid in the relationship, and I'm more of the "quote unquote" mature one most of the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah,
0: that's true. I love that. But that's I the mean, thing- pretty much anytime time we go out, Kit peels off. I was about to say, a- "What's your perfume?" Before curfew? midnight, and I'm just like, okay. See you in the morning. <laughs> love it. We got a party together, so Yeah,
1: Literally. It's so bad. People will send Last me night. selfies of them, like, of them with my mom at, like, events and stuff. And I'm like, I'm in bed.
0: Okay. Sounds like <laughs> me and you need a reach. <laughs> yes. Together. 100%. I love
2: that. But I think it really shows you that, like, you've reached this kind of age where – you're no longer like the kid and you guys are – exactly, you become equals and you're teaching each other. And I really respect that. My mom also respects my opinion a lot. She'll call me and be like, I'm going through this at work. What do you think? And then the next year she's like, you were so right, Serena. Like, that's <laughs> like you're so right. Like, gracias for the advice. And I'm just like, you're welcome. That'll okay. be like tax. Okay, like, exactly. <laughs> There'll be interest on that. But I really love that, that she trusts me as much as I trust her. You were talking about a little bit before
1: about what she does and – How do you think you guys learn from each other,
2: like, in terms of careers? Well, I definitely keep her young, right?
0: Yeah, I Um, think that. I mean, that's a part of it, you know. I think I keep Kit. Yeah,
1: she does. does. Roles are really reversed. Literally last night, she was like, you have to come to the after party. I was like, I want to go home now. And she's like, no, you have to come for a
2: little bit. (laughs) No, I mean... My mom is the um, executive vice president at MTV and VH1, and so she basically creates all the shows for TV, and. I'm a producer myself, so I've learned so much from her. And I think that I even learned before I realized that I was learning. Like the same way, you know, you're making clothes, I'm sure like subconsciously, like you you learn so much from your parent. So I think I was producing, like when we would watch shows together growing up, even if it was literally like Dora the Explorer, or, like something still, like I think that we were produced, like she was being like, oh no, like, wait, that was a terrible example, like Dora, why? Did it-? But you know what I'm saying? Weren't like, you on, Dora? Uh, yeah, that's probably why. It was on Go, Diego, Go, which is <laughs> okay. a spinoff. And I'm very upset they didn't ask me to be in the live-action film coming out. Oh, like, my I was God, like, Where that's my upsetting. Role? <laughs> I fired my agent. It's fine. But I think that, like, subconsciously she taught me how to produce. And it's great. I mean – I will ask her to watch cuts. Like, I asked her to watch the cut of my show. You know, it was like, can you give me notes? I, You know, I call her mid-production. I'm like, I'm freaking out. Like, someone just dropped out. What do I do? And she really, like, calms me down. She also literally drops whatever she's doing to help me, which is just incredible because she's a great mom. But, yeah, I keep her young, and she keeps me sane. How's that? Yeah. That's that's a short, perfect perfect.
0: answer. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) I think we do that for each other, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So maybe I want to dig in a little bit, you know, about your work at Refinery and how did that come about? I know you started with an internship. Mm -hmm.
2: Was that right out of college? Yeah, I was really unsure. I studied English and Visual Media Studies at Duke, and I was like, I definitely wanted – I made films in high school. I loved video production. Like, I loved telling stories, and I loved Refinery. And I applied for an internship, but was kind of thinking maybe I'll do like a talent agency route in LA and like maybe work at WME, like, because I thought that that was like the industry I wanted to go into. And then I got the internship because really I, if I give any advice, it's like, you know, obviously this industry is all about who you know. And like I messaged a girl that I worked with on a set of a movie when I was a junior in high school being like, and this is year of college, like literally jumping back many, many years being like, hey, like, I saw that you took photos as a freelancer for 29. Can you pass them along my resume? Like, that's like a really random shot. And it ended up getting to the right person. And I got an interview and I took the internship thinking I'll just do it for the summer and then I'll go to LA. I'll figure my life out. And literally the first month I was there, I loved it because I love digital that it was so hands-on that I could make stuff as an intern right away. Like I was on the Facebook Live team, I was recording. Like I was literally the producer, cinematographer, like of a little film. But Like for me, it was like the amazing. Like I was making content for Refinery Twenty Nine when I was right out of college. Like I was blown away. So I was like, I have to stay. And I really was just like, I'm gonna get hired before all the other interns. And I did. Because <laughs> you just have to. Like I went in with that mindset. Like I want this. I will work harder than anyone to get
0: it. And I got it. I think internships are the greatest thing in the world because. I mean, we hi- I've hired maybe over the course of, I don't know, I have one guy that started as an intern 25 years ago, and he's still with us. He's not an intern anymore. But. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> no, but I think it's the greatest thing, though, because right. you get to find out if you like it, and they get to find out if they like you. And if it if it's working, it's the absolute best place to hire from. And... Really, like, the best people in my company were all interns. And and same thing. I think, you know, you have to find an internship where you're getting to actually dig in and do stuff where they're letting you do stuff. But if you are, like, I also think it's interesting how you switched paths because I think, you know, a lot of times you go to school, you go to college, and you're like, this is what I want to do. 100%. And you... You know, those internships or people you meet could change everything. And you have to be willing to be nimble. And and, go with the flow. And go with the flow and try stuff and give it your all. And I just think that everything, especially in both of our industries, is changing so fast that there's no way you can, by the time you, when you go into start college and when you come out, it's a whole new world and every day it's new. And so you have to always constantly be thinking like, you know, what's next or what, you know, like how can I evolve Definitely, without, you know, getting stuck in this like dream that I have, you know, you have to have the dream, but everything is changing all the time. I totally
2: agree. You have to have an open mind and you have to be not, I don't think you should be afraid to go for See, I a lot of people could have thought like, oh, Serena is graduating from Duke and going to be an intern. Like, I didn't see it like that. I was like, I'm going to do a job in video production at a company I really love. Like, I didn't worry about the title so much. And I was an intern for a really long time. Like, I was an intern for like eight months. Like, way over extended. But it didn't matter because I was loving the work that I was doing. And I knew I, I felt in the right place. So right. that would be a big piece of advice is don't worry so much about the title. But like, what is the actual day-to-day?
0: Refinery is... I love that. I love refinery. They're going to love to hear you say that. (laughs) I love refinery. (laughs) I do. Yeah. No, I think it's really mm -hmm. like covers everything from food to fitness to fashion to, you know, everything that you care about.
2: (laughs) And as a woman and being in this time, I mean, I was there covering like live reporting the night that, you know, Trump got elected. And I don't even know why I brought that up. It's so upsetting. But, you know, it was It's a great company to be at in this time, Mm -hmm. you know, with Me Too and everything. Like, to just, like, be, like, and it made me really, like, look at the world in a different way. I'm sure you learned so much in that environment, too. So much. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fantastic. It's been really wonderful. And I'm excited to see what's next.
0: Yeah. Wait, so funny that you brought up Trump because we were talking about, you know, I love your taboo series. thank you. And we were talking about what are some other taboos that people- Oh, please tell me. You know, that people don't really feel comfortable talking about. And I was sort of saying, what creates a taboo? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But is it sort of our extremist culture where, you know, people really fiercely believe in what they believe in, whatever it is. And so it makes it almost controversial or taboo Mm -hmm. to talk about something even like politics. You I know? mean, I
2: wouldn't want to be a Trump supporter in New York City, that's for sure, <laughs> right? Like, so I feel like that, that
0: would be taboo for them. So Well, it's just taboo to even, yeah. yeah. Or, or to go outside New York City and talk about politics is like really touch, you know, it's, it's a touchy. touchy subject.
1: I mean, I feel like a lot of taboos are created in like preschool, like little, little kids when the school system kind of creates a lot of that stuff because the topics that are touched on are the topics that, you know, were taught. These are the things that you should know to be an adult in the world. And a lot of those common core classes don't include politics or finance or sexual education mm-hmm. or whatever I mean, it that's is. It's a really
2: interesting lo-
1: way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's how they're created.
2: I think that's really interesting. I mean, if you think about a lot of the things that are on my show, mental health, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, sexual health, vaginal health, politics. What are the other ones? Peeing in Food. the shower. I guess that's also. <laughs> yeah. Pooping. Yeah. Right? That like funny. eating disorders. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I think that's, you know, I have to say, I've done this show for a while. I've never heard that like overview of thinking that it, it really does begin with what we're not taught in the classroom. But that's a very interesting way to look at it. And it pisses me the fuck off that like literally such like I think it's a 13 schools in the United sorry 13 states in the United States are required to teach factual sexual education only 13 of the
0: 50 states
2: it has to be factual like medically factual like
0: what yeah kids getting their information okay I I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell you a funny story this is this is how i remember sex education yeah in i would love to do this okay i remember we had to go to a there was a big movie screen that came down I'm already everybody's in the die. auditorium I, oh god it's like today's the day you're going to learn about sex and the screen comes down and this little animated movie go, c- comes on and it was like it showed a man and a woman getting into bed pulling up the covers. And then it showed little cartoon sperm swimming across the covers. And then it was like, whoops, the woman's pregnant. I, I swear to God, that was what I learned in sixth grade about sex education. And that
2: is so <laughs> And how does that benefit anyone? Yeah, like,
0: like literally, oh just, my god. Cartoon is sperm so swimming across it's the sheets. insane.
2: It's insane. <laughs> That's so it's bad.
0: Insane. Oh, I mean, I figured it out eventually. I would hope so. (laughs) But no, but that's the thing. And like, that's what I love
2: about Taboo. It's like, okay, we have this opportunity to teach Gen Z and like, you know, younger kids in high school and middle school about topics that they're not gonna receive from their teachers, which is really upsetting. But it's great that, you know, like we didn't have like Snapchat when we were, you know, 12 years old. So it's really interesting that they can have like all this, all these resources to educate themselves if they're not
0: getting in. Yeah, right. exactly.
2: Yeah. That, I mean, that's
1: the the good thing about having like this surplus of media outlets is that, you know, kids can go online and learn a lot about a lot of that stuff. But I, I don't know if that isn't, is a reality for everyone and it needs to be a reality for everyone. I think it's funny because at my school I went to Grace Church High School in New York and we learned about everything. Like we really? yeah, like we had, you know, people come in and talk about consent, we had people come in and talk about female orgasms, we had like Good. everyone like sit in a class together. It wasn't separated by gender. I think we had one day where it was separated by yeah, gender. Ours everyone was, separated was like, by gender. and even that day people were like in my school were like, this is whack. Like the students
2: <laughs> Great and I was Love like,
1: that. you know what? Like, that's cool that, you know, I feel so lucky that I had that. And there's obviously still things that like I wish were taught in school, but I think that I had a unique education in that sense and i wish that that was more of the reality for you know more kids in the u.s i wanted to ask what's one thing that you wish you had learned in school or one thing when you left high school you had to learn on your own and you
2: were like oh shit why didn't they tell me about this I think the biggest thing, and I still think I'm learning it, is becoming financially independent and learning how to navigate your finances. I think it's something that isn't even taught in college, and unless you know you're an economics major. Mm -hmm. But like, I think that is, you know, talk about women being confident. Like, that is a major thing, right? That you don't depend on anyone but yourself to financially stable so important and i'm still like what is a 401k like what's going on Mm. i still i know what it is now (laughs) but like that's something that i think needs to be taught from a young age Mm -hmm. right yeah we were just talking about that on the way over because like i totally
1: agree i'm i just finished my second year of college and i started my company last year and i was like holy shit there's so much stuff that i didn't know about finances savings you know business banking and like sales tax and like all this stuff that I was like whoa this is a lot to deal with
0: yeah because I think now with so many entrepreneur like everybody really is an entrepreneur of some sort you know or you know is thinking about that And there's kind of, like, basics that go along with that that nobody Mm – you know, it's hard to get access to that information and how to set up an LLC and who do you even Or how to not be in
2: debt. I mean, how to, like, pay off your student loans. Like, those are things that, I mean, our generation is really dealing with and they don't even know – how, what it means to take out a loan that, like, eventually you have to pay that back. Like, yeah. it's not just free
0: money. <laughs> I remember the greatest day of my life when I paid off my student right? loan. Right. Yeah. From bartending gigs. I was like, I got to keep going, you know, got to keep doing this to pay for school.
1: About the entrepreneurship thing, I just got an accountant and I was walking him through what, you know, my business expenses are and all of that stuff and then he was like so are you making any personal deposits like outside of your business and I was like well you know I get paid to post on Instagram sometimes and he was like uh what do you mean he's like an he older guy and he's like <laughs> he's like wait what do you mean you get paid to post on Instagram I was he like, probably
0: thought you were like porn queen yeah, I have <laughs> no idea was like but I was like
2: it's just like because he not an really, he really doesn't know what an influencer is.
1: No, <laughs> time to get a different accountant. <laughs> and I was like, I explained it to him, and he's like, "Oh, it's like an advertisement." Exactly. But That's I feel like, so, like he quickly like got that. But I think there's still like a lot of people in even in the world of finance that aren't fully caught up to you know how you can make money on the side, you know, and a lot of people have like little side hustles that they do and accounting for all that stuff is, it makes handling your finances a lot more complicated. And I think that would be something that like, if I had learned that in high school or in college, and I I would hope in high school so that everyone could have access to that, like that would be amazing.
2: Amen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, so moving on, I wanted to ask you the question you get asked most frequently, and, you know, I would assume it has to do with confidence, but.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that I, what I've done with my Instagram is I started using the Q&A feature
1: mm-hmm.
2: where, you I know. I love. People, oh my God, your are cute. The Q&As. I have to do one. I haven't Talking done one Talking to so the long. camera. No, yeah. you said you were doing one today. I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it after. It's raining. It's perfect time to cuddle up on my couch <laughs> yeah. and talk about the dick that I want.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Cynthia. <laughs> Why would but, you apologize? Okay, to, but that's essentially, you should say, sorry, Kit. You're right. Sorry, Kit. I'm <laughs> yeah. so sorry. The, the role reversal. <laughs> Yikes.
2: But yeah. So use utilize the Q&A feature to answer questions. It used to be about me. Like, what's your skincare routine? Which is what I get... Non stop. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to do it. Oh, you have great skin. Yeah. Thank you. This is foundation, but I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But what I really started to happen was actually people started just asking me questions about themselves. They're like, okay, so this guy asked me out, but he ghosted me. What do I do? And like, I have so much fun with it. But I, I do a little bit of like an improv, like comedic shtick when I do the QA. But like, girls really do message me all the time, you know, and they ask me like crazy questions, like questions that I'm like, I need to think about this because this is not something that I can just kind of like give whatever advice to. Like a girl asked me the other day, like that she basically told me that she sent, you know, private nude photos to a boy and then the boy blocked her on everything. And I was like, was he your boyfriend? No, he wasn't. I said, okay, well, in the future, let's not send pictures of our titties and vagina out to people that aren't our trusted. You know, it would be great if they didn't send them at all, but, you know, this is 2019. I know people do that. So it's like, you know, it, it should be someone that you really trust. It's your boyfriend. Like, have a conversation before. It shouldn't just be like – she was like, yeah, but he he threatened to stop speaking to me. And I was like, Ew. then goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. What? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, he, should have, he has no right to speak to you. You should block him. But it was like, that's the kind of, you know. And I think that this literacy of, like, you know, the things that this younger generation is dealing with, like, I didn't have to really deal with at all. So I think it's really interesting. Like, revenge porn and, like, like – I mean, I think I would have not. I don't know. The whole idea of like unfollowing someone, you know, when you're like in a fight with them in middle school, I feel like that'd be so hurtful. Huh.
0: Huh. So anyway, I just well, we, to- ha- we deal with that because we have a 14, I have a oh 14 my- year old and, you know, kids, 14 year old sister. Yeah. And it's tough. That's what happens. Yeah.
2: It's like they all unfollow, or they all, yeah. you know. Oh, it's 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 hard. So I mean, the questions are really like all over. I get a lot of boy questions, which is ironic because I've been single for like three years. Oh but my god, it's okay. Same. It's
1: okay. I'm like single
2: queen. But girl, you're in college. You got to live it up. I was such a hoe in college. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm, like like a none. I think I'm like a born again. You've <laughs> got to get you out of it.
0: <laughs> I'm literally. That's I, why like, you got to come out with me. Literally.
1: <laughs> I don't know if anyone I've like been in a relationship with listens to this podcast, and I don't think they do. But like, I probably would classify myself as a virgin at this point.
2: I like, so long. And that's yeah. totally
1: okay.
2: it's yeah. totally do you, honey. Um, that's really funny. But yeah, I get also a lot of questions about confidence. And, you know, it's easy for me to be like, fake it till you make it or do whatever. But I try to give actionable steps. And I think that, you know... I think you might have asked. Yeah,
1: this. I want to I want to get into that. Like what are what are those things where you're like is there anything that you do that you're like, okay, you know, other than just telling yourself mm-hmm. like I'm confident and so then you become confident? Right. Like are there any things that you
2: do in your life. Like, maybe it's daily, like some self-care or, like, we're so, okay, so get naked, naked or whatever it is. Naked. Put on some lip gloss. Play some Beyonce. And I literally just, like, I'm in my hallway. Great mirror. It's good to have a good mirror some good lighting. And you just, like, fucking walk up to your mirror and heels, maybe. Like, naked in heels. Put a little bra on underwear if you want. do like, how you feel about yourself. <laughs> and you literally just go up to it dancing and be, like, I feel like I've always – I've literally found videos on my computer of me doing that, like, through the years. Like, I know I don't really – you know, sometimes I record, sometimes I don't. It's all for myself. Self, but mm-hmm. it really like it's when you're feeling yourself. This I don't do this every day, but when I'm feeling myself, like I want a record of it, and I want like to look into that mirror and like be in that relationship with myself. I think it's very important. Mirrors are great invention. I think that like like. If I'm going to release a product ever, it's going to be a fucking mirror with my like voice coming out of it being like you are hot, you are amazing,
0: like <laughs> oh I my see, god, right? you have to do that. Also, I
2: have a sexy voice. I feel like it could be good. Right? Oh my god. You right? have to so do good. that. And I have to do <laughs> so it. I'm going to talk to a mirror manufacturer when this is over. But I feel like that is so that's crucial. Genius. That's one. You can make little ones, I know. you can make little big ones, what, your phone. God, I got to trademark this shit before we we'll talk <laughs> after about. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's huge, I think. And people and you know I said in the series, behind the scenes, I said to the girl, I said, you know, you should, before your interviews, look in the mirror and say, I got this. Like, I'm going to crush this. Like, I believe in myself. You know, I've come prepared. I said it. And she was like, but it's so embarrassing. And I was like, to who? Yeah. <laughs> Who's watching? You're alone. Like, yeah. to who? God? Like, I don't know. Like, I was like, just do it. Like, it, who gives a fuck? I think it's probably weird the first time, but trust me, with practice, it just, like, <laughs> becomes second nature. So that's one. I think, too, it's super important to have a very trusted relationship with someone who can lift you up when you're feeling down. So whether it be your mom or whether it be a friend, I think sometimes it's good to have a friend. And I have one friend who I always go to. Like, I have a bunch of best friends, but she's my go-to when I'm like, oh, like, I really don't like the way my body looks today. And she's just like, Serena… You have a gorgeous body. Like, please don't be hard on yourself. It's like she gives me that positive affirmation in times that I just like can't give it to myself. And it doesn't feel like fake or it doesn't feel forced, but it's just like she she knows that I'm going through something, and it's great to have someone that can lift you up and be like, you're being crazy. Like, you're good. I think that's super important. Um, Positive affirmation, like all around. You know, it's really bringing you up. And, yeah, like, you know, a power suit, a power outfit
0: that Cynthia is going to send me something
2: this that I can just <laughs> oh, rock yeah. in front of my mirror.
0: <laughs> now I feel like I should just send you undies and heels. Yeah, that's heels. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down.
2: <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think those are – I think that's really what it is. Like, if you can't say it to yourself, I think it's good to find someone to help you say it to you. Mm-hmm. And having maybe it around your room, like, little Post-its, little things, I think that's good, too. Mm-hmm. Something
1: that one of my friends does when I, whenever I tell her, you know, like, I'm really anxious about this or like, you know, I'm not feeling good today or whatever. Sometimes if somebody just asks you why, that kind of, that really helps me because sometimes there's no reason. Most of the time there's no reason. And once she asks me why, I can just be like, uh, I don't know. And then that kind of helps me, you know, like get out of that space. And I think that's a good
2: tip for that friend, when you're being that that friend, oh, I totally agree with you because a lot of the time it's irrational. It doesn't like when that girl, when I did the series with this girl, and she was like, "Well, if I say that I'm smart, and who, what if someone tells me I'm not?" I'm like, "Literally, listen to what you just said. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean?" So I agree with you. It's like having that dialogue, like, "Why? Why are you feeling this way? What's the big deal?" Mm-hmm. I also that that's something I do a lot is. You know, when girls are like, I want to talk to this guy at the supermarket. I literally got this DM once. Like, I want to talk to this guy at the supermarket. We always see each other. And I'm like, does he work there? It's like, no. Huh. And I'm like, you just happen to see each other all the time at the same time at the supermarket? <laughs> I'm like, what is this supermarket? Wow. I was like, it's fate. And she's like, I want to go up to him, but I can't. And I was like, You must. I love this
0: narration. I have no idea what she sounds like.
2: I was like, You must. And she's like, Why? Why? Like, what, what, what would happen? I'm scared. I was like, Exactly. What, what's the worst that can happen? That's
0: what I always what say about everything. Thing? What is the worst thing that can happen? And literally play out the scenario. And think about it. Right? Yeah.
2: And then it's like it ain't. Th- it's not that bad. Yeah. Like it's probably not that bad. Yeah. Like you walk up to him and you say. What are you making for dinner? Which is what I told her to say. <laughs> and he's like, uh, turkey burgers. And she's like, "Okay. Bye." And then you walk away and then like conversation's over. Or he goes, "Turkey burgers. Wanna come over? I'll make exactly. you one." Boom. Like bring the dessert. Like duh. like you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like what <laughs> what is like two scenarios. One's great, one's meh, whatever, but yeah. you will move on and you will forget yeah. and and
0: What's you're like? going to know if that guy is right. And wouldn't you rather know? Yeah way rather know than be in limbo. Nobody ever wants to be in limbo.
2: Exactly. You mother just like, you just have to rip the bandaid. I mean, yeah. and that being said, way easier said than done. Because sometimes like when I'm texting a guy, I literally like lose all my comments. I'm like, oh my God, like, should I write like two Y's? Like, should I do an exclamation point and a smiley face? I'm like, <laughs> ah! but it's like, again, like what, if he's really not going to go on a date with you because he wrote a smiley face and yeah. like, yeah, yeah, bye.
0: I love that. Oh my god. I feel like that's the episode right <laughs> yeah. there. Done. Well,
1: I guess to just to close off, I want to know what's next after this series or are you looking for new people or how, you know. Yeah, what's absolutely.
2: Next? I'm doing a second episode in September, so whoever's listening to this podcast if you're needed a confidence boost, you can find me on Instagram. But I think what's next is like world domination. I want to create an entire brand and hopefully company one day that's all about you know confidence and this whole persona that I made. I really like want to make it into something really tangible, whether it's through podcasts, media, experiential, like you know clothing. You could do a little collab yes. Yeah, I'm ready. i right. yeah. Let's do it. Right. right, but it's like I I really do want to you know I want to reach if I can do anything. It would be to just you know make girls realize that they're really capable of anything they want to do, and they shouldn't give a fuck. Like that's my that is my goal. And before, if you'd asked me this maybe two years ago, I would have been like, I just want to be famous. But like I don't like that doesn't mean you, anyone could be famous now, right? But it's like I really just want to help girls realize like you have so much more power than you think, and the only person that's in your way is yourself, right? Because it's wow. like what's the worst of thing can happen. Mm-hmm. So, and I also want to go to the Met Gala at some point. So that was a big, that's a big future thing. Uh, Write a book, maybe get married, have a house in the Hamptons, like whatever. (laughs) Who knows? There's a long list. It's on my iPhone. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for having me. Wait, is that a good trick to make a list? Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. You guys don't have lists, but you want to accomplish a 100%. I write everything down. Me too. I write it by year. Of course you do. I write it by year (laughs) and then I write it by life um and yeah it's all there so I've accomplished a lot what I wanted for this year I mean for something for me it was like being on YouTube was like that was for me like a big thing like I definitely want to start my own podcast I have the name it's called I fucking love myself what do you think (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i fucking love that yes <laughs> you guys will obviously be on my yeah. podcast um small goals like not to get too like caught up in things like i think yes. like i was like i want to start a company i'm like okay whoa like let's take it one step at a time like let's do a video series first and let's like you know learn everything i can while still being at refinery 29 because it's so amazing and there's so many resources there so we shall see
0: but i think that's also a good little tip is to set small goals for yourself because you can always feel like you're accomplishing something and you're getting to to the big goals, Mm -hmm. but like those little ones are what's going to give you confidence to keep going.
2: Totally. And I wouldn't, like, I would be lying if I said, like, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I haven't done anything. Like, I'm freaking out. Like, I get very anxious. Like, we, the thing with social media is that you see everyone, what everyone is doing. So then you don't feel like you're doing enough. And I think that that's why like millennials and Gen Z were such hustlers because because we literally see it all, right? And that motivates us. Yeah. But it also brings a, a little bit of anxiety that like like I've only have this many followers. I've only done this. I've only done had this series. Only you know. I think and I think it's good to bring it back and be like, okay, what I ha- what have I done? I've done a lot here. You know, I have accomplished a lot.
0: Maybe it's good to have a list of your goals and a list of your accomplishments. accomplishments.
2: Ooh. Oh, new list love that.
0: i love it well mine's gonna be really long <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> every boy i've ever kissed
0: <laughs> oh my god well one thing i always ask do you have a get pumped song like when you're in the mirror in your heels and undies oh yeah what what's the song you put on who
2: run the world girls yeah beyonce what yes. a, literally what other song it's like uh, uh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This isn't a video. But if you guys could see me right now, <laughs> like pop and dropping it. But great song. Great pump-up or song. Or Feeling Myself. I Feeling Myself. Yeah, I was going to say that. But like just like Beyonce really brings out, you know, the spirit in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for having Thank me. Thank you. I appreciate it. And tell everyone where they can find you. Okay. So it's at Serena Kerrigan, S-E-R-E-N-A-K-E-R-R-I-G-A-N. Follow me um, on Instagram and check out my YouTube series, Ask Serena, on Refinery29's YouTube page on August 23rd. Woo! And I might be having a premiere party, which you obviously oh, are invited to. Oh, my Yay. God. Kit, you can
0: stay home. Cynthia <laughs> and I are going to get drink all night <laughs> Get you all dolled up, no, yeah, too. Of course. <laughs> okay, no, you can come. We yeah. love you. <laughs> we love
1: you. <laughs> I'll come for the first part. Yeah. Exactly. She'll
0: be in, in bed by 11. <laughs>
1: All right, so I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening.